0: Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I am your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom.
1: Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you?
0: Doing very well. Are you ready <laughs> to begin another grand experiment?
1: I am! It's been a few minutes.
0: It has! Let's give it a whirl!
1: All right. And I'd also like to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all the listeners. We love you all. It's very exciting to see all the places on the map of the world where you're listening from. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for taking time to spend your hour with us today.
0: Yes, uh, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Uh, We have officially uh, just crossed over 400 total downloads uh, since October 15th, so thank you so much for helping us and spreading the word about our uh, little show here. And uh, for those of you, if this is uh, your first uh, history in retrograde, I'll uh, let you know how we do things here. Uh, In a moment, I will give the uh, astrological birth data of a random historical figure uh, to my mother. Uh, Now you, the listening audience, already know who this historical figure is. It is in the title of today's episode. I, of course, know who it is because I selected this person, but Mom has no idea who this mystery history guest could be. Uh, So in a moment, I will give her the data necessary to create an astrological birth chart. Uh, So that is the birth date, time, and location. Uh, She will then input that information into the back computer, and out will come the astrological birth chart, where all the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment this person was born. Uh, She will then give us a... uh, blind reading of that chart, doing the best that she can to provide us with information about the personality traits, the characteristics, and the fortunes of this uh, mystery history guest. I'll then ask a few discussion questions, and then I will reveal to her who our mystery history guest is. Uh, I'll then give a little background about the person, and we will discuss how accurate the chart was at predicting who that person would be. So without further ado, let us begin. All right. Uh, this is a male. Okay. Uh, born on the second of October, mm-hmm. nineteen thirty-seven. Okay. And I was not able to find a birth time, so we will have to go with noon. All right. Uh, country's United States.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana.
1: Oh, my. Right there. Yes.
0: Yes. Shreveport, (laughs) Louisiana. Uh, So, uh, again, this is a male born October 2nd, 1937. Uh, We are going with uh, 12 noon as the approximate time and born in the United States in Shreveport, Louisiana.
1: Okay. Well, as it is when we don't have a birth time i am going to focus on the planets and not necessarily their houses but how they interact with each other um, because it will give us uh, an idea of who this person was um for this situation we're going to start with north node in sagittarius so north node is the direction that you should be going with your life it's kind of the compass to uh your destiny so in this situation this person has north node in sagittarius and sagittarians are um, very uh, earthy and since it is a man i would assume that since he has north node in sagittarius let me look at where his mars is mars is in capricorn okay so uh sort of a uh 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 how do i want to put this a um uh mm, the word is not coming to me rugged but, uh, sort- Well, not necessarily. Well, rugged, yes, but also kind of cavalier. Cavalier.
0: Yes. In business. Cavalier
1: in business because Hmm. I'm looking at now uh, having Mars in Capricorn, having Jupiter in Capricorn, right? This person has uh, a lot of Earth in their chart. Their moon is in Virgo. Their Mercury is in Virgo. Their Venus is in Virgo. Their Mars is in Capricorn. Their Jupiter is in Capricorn. Uh their urine. Okay, see they have so much air. I mean so much earth, alright? So their sun is in Libra, which is in an air sign. Okay. Libra is ruled by Venus and uh makes Li- Libra people tend to be pretty easy-going people, alright? They are pretty or handsome. Uh they tend to get along with everyone. They are the uh air signs are very interesting to begin with because it isn't like um you know Aquarians and Geminis and Libras are all so similar because they're they're really not they're very different but they're all in the element of air but this person has Sun in Libra and moon in Virgo so this person I would assume uh and Mercury in Virgo uh, would be very precise in their communications uh they would have a work ethic that would be significant uh possibly detailed it Vir- virgo is uh the sign that wants their work to be the best it can be right <clears throat> now they also have their mars in capricorn and their jupiter in capricorn trining their moon and their mercury and their venus so this is a work uh dynamic that is very cordial to itself this person could easily have been way workaholic okay and enjoyed that really enjoyed the work okay they have saturn and aries it's only one degree though So having Saturn in Aries at one degree also kind of gives them a little bit of that Pisces, you know, because they're on the cusp. So their lessons have to do with both Pisces, kind of dreamy things, and also Aries, which is very, very motivated, okay? Their Uranus is in Taurus, which is a, a an interesting place for Uranus to be. Currently, Uranus is in Taurus, and it is going to represent a lot of upheaval in the world because Uranus rules Aquarius, which is humanitarian, right? And Taurus is more banking and 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 material things, right? So here we have a person who has Uranus in Taurus, which would be during a time uh he was born in 1937 okay so uranus went into taurus and basically when you when uranus went into taurus this last time uh we had the great depression right so that's interesting so i'm looking at all these things see we have moon in virgo mercury in virgo venus in virgo right mm-hmm. and neptune in virgo so here also having this Neptune in Virgo, which Neptune rules Pisces, right? Water, uh, the the Neptune, you know, uh, you have all of the things that are under the water. Um, in this situation, this person has Neptune in Virgo, conjunct their Mercury and their Venus and their Moon, making them, uh. I mean, seriously, they could have been, there's some issue there with emotions because, our mother, women, uh, there's some veil regarding women with this person. Um, this person either could tend to put them on a pedestal or, uh, be confused by them or finds them very dreamy. There's something involved with that Neptune and Virgo conjunct moon, which is right here, right? Conjunct mm-hmm. moon and Virgo. See, that's 18 degrees and this is 19 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's literally sitting on there. Okay. Uh And Neptune is the dreamy, psychic um artist, musician, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. Chiron and Cancer. Uh, Chiron is the wounded healer. Chiron and Cancer would be healing the wounds and then nurturing. So there is some nurturing involved. But that Cavalier North Node in Sagittarius dragging all this Earth with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like ah, uh, uh, because the Sage wants to ride out in front. You know. And then all this earth is like, we better think about this. You know, we really need to consider everything. Uh, this person also has Pluto in Cancer. So they have Pluto conjunct their Chiron, which is really big change, you know, uh, in a healing sense. Is any of this making sense?
0: I think, uh, some of the things, uh, are making sense. I'm, I'm very, um, interested in 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 the the that cavalier is the is the word choice and i'm wondering is that like do you mean that in like because when i think of cavalier i think of carefree or or yes okay so but cavalier could also mean that there's like a a, almost a showiness too yes Uh, so that so it's both of those yes okay
1: sagittarius is the cool one Okay. Sagittarius is so cool. Okay. If you lined up a person to represent all of the signs, Sagittarius would be in the corner wearing black, smoking a cigarette with, with sun, sunglasses <laughs> okay. on.
0: Okay. All right? Okay.
1: Sagittarius is the coolest
0: one. Okay.
1: Hands down. Okay. All the other ones, I mean, because Scorpio is going to be damn good looking, right? Uh-huh. And Leo is going to have a flock of uh-huh. people around them, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, Cancer's gonna be cooking something and Gemini's gonna be holding court and the Taurus is probably go you know, it's just each one has its own kind of um energy. Yeah, and, and, and in my mind a look, right? Uh huh. But um in this situation, you know, by giving them the noon time of, of birth, we, we can we can, you know, see what happens if I do it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay so here we have a uh, a person in by what we've given them a noon time of, of birth with uh sagittarius rising okay so if this person was born around noon they would be kind of cool right um they would be uh d- the cool kid and this person would then have this mars in capricorn right and Jupiter and Capricorn in their first house, if this was their time of birth, which would just intensify the cool factor, except that it's in Capricorn. So this is kind of, if we were going to go with this cool factor, this would be like um, a person wearing sunglasses and a black turtleneck. and You know what I mean? So they would be conservative cool, right? Um, or a suit. It could be a suit. It could be a really nice suit. It could be a very nice suit. All right. We have to go with 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 um what my imagination and and how I see things. And then you know, uh, clearly, you know, it's nineteen. This person was born here, so they could wear a suit. All right. And and but this is imagining that they were born at noon, which we do not know. All right. It puts Saturn in their third house all right so saturn in aries is lessons honestly it it, saturn and aries would be lessons in warlike things or lessons in um uh determination um direction uh also aries is kind of sexual fiery sexual they they're uh Uh, a lot all the aries things saturn is the controlling teacher right saturn is the professor of the chart wherever you have saturn is where your lessons are to be learned all right then we have fourth house which has nothing in it in this chart and then we have fifth house which is uranus and taurus in the fifth house so wow uh uranus if it were in someone's fifth house would be very spontaneous romances and um, very romantic because it's uh, uh, Uranus and Taurus, right? And Taurus is very romantic. If anybody is romantic, it's it's Taurus. Taurus is all about the romance. And um, uh, Fifth House is all things ruled by Leo. So leadership and... Children and having children and uh, uh, creativity, you know, all, all pleasurable things. Yes, pleasurable things. There you go. You do it. You do that, Taylor. <laughs> and then, sixth house is Gemini, and there's nothing in there. And then, seventh house has that Chiron at one degree Cancer. And so, this person, if this were the time of their birth, they would have a need to uh nurture a partner right based on their own um lessons and their own suffering you know the wounded healer that they have done
0: and is that all partners that's not just talking about romantic partners
1: right it could be a business it is one-on-one partners set the the seventh house is one-on-one it could be a family member. It could be a a, a married, you know, a married partner, a married partner. <laughs> I don't know why I can't talk today. Um, But it's a one-on-one situation. It could be friend, business associate, whatever. That would put them in a nurturing position. All right. And then we have their Pluto falling in their eighth house. Okay. Per this at 29 degrees. All right. So there's that degree of sorrow, right? And it 29 degrees fits their Pluto almost in Leo. Okay. So they have both. Their Pluto in the eighth house, which is very powerful and can create a legacy, right? Is on one side of it is very, you know, lionish, and on the other side is very nurturing. So it's right on the cusp, okay? um of the eighth house which is also revelations and uh powerful people uh things like that then we have this really heavy ninth house per this chart at this time of birth that has mercury mercury neptune moon and venus right all in virgo it makes their it would make their They would possibly be a teacher or, uh, a person that would, um, want to maybe a a preacher even could be, uh, philosophies and, or I don't know, I mean, the ninth house is all those Sagittarian things, travel and philosophy and, um, uh, things like that. So then 10th house, their son and lever would be in the 10th house, which would, be very good for career uh it's also you know on their midhaven right so their midhaven is in libra their son is in libra and their son is in the 10th house which is very good for career right then we come around we don't really have anything in the 11th house but we do have north node in the 12th which would be the sign of a like a prophet or a uh um uh, a person who's very psychic, a leader, right? Because it's in Sag, so it could be like oh, very brave. Uh, also, uh, I just it's cavalier. Uh, Sag is masculine, so am I? Is anything clicking with you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think. Um... I think "Cavaliers" definitely a word that people would uh, think of this guy. I think, um, yeah, the, there are uh, uh, I, that the the Pluto being there in between the Leo and the Cancer, and it being lionish and nurturing, I think that mm-hmm. fits this guy very well. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that make a lot of sense.
1: Well, all this Virgo is very precise right very smart very uh intellectual speaker um because mercury and virgo is i mean yeah you know and it's mercury rules virgo mercury rules virgo and gemini so if you have mercury in virgo or gemini you are a very capable uh speaker you know and this person if this were their chart would be you know, very interested in speaking their dogma, you know, Uh, rallying people to that, if that, if that helps anything. Do you have any questions?
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, So you've kind of covered it a little bit already, but I'll ask uh, just directly, uh, what sort of profession do you think this person uh, would be wanting to go into?
1: Well, their Mars and Jupiter are in Capricorn and I connect the Jupiter to the Mars because it is, it would help the Mars in Capricorn. So I would, I would think business, I would think this was a businessman, but they could have been a teacher with all that Virgo, some sort of teacher.
0: Um, how would this person carry themselves?
1: I would assume that this person being a Libra, right? Their son is in Libra, which is uh, a very likable person, right? So they're not so much like a Leo rising or anything like that, because we don't know what their rising sign is. If we go by this and we say, oh, okay, so this person, you know, has Sag rising, they would be very cool very admired not in a way that's like oh look at how much you have or look at blah 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 you know what i mean but just kind of that kind of james dean thing you know where they're just in the room not even they don't even have to do anything they're just cool you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so but i don't know because i don't know for sure what this person's rising sign is but if i go by the sun i would say they were probably very attractive handsome in that kind of um boy next doorway, you know that's kind of a Libra thing hmm. uh but also with Mars and Capricorn, they could have come across very um uh, kind of businessy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. It's hard without knowing for sure what the rising sign is uh
0: how would this person do in an argument?
1: Oh my. The, I don't think you want to argue with this person because this person, I would assume, would have every single detail to a T. Like, they would be able to... They the, It wouldn't be like an argument, like rah, It would just be like, well, uh, these are the facts. And this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: And how would this person uh communicate?
1: Oh, they would be an excellent communicator. I would think they have Mercury in uh, Virgo. So I would think that they would be a very excellent communicator. And that sun in Libra makes them gregarious. I mean, sometimes it makes people shy, but um, I would think that this person would be confident in their ability to communicate because they do the work Mm -hmm. to make sure that their information is spot on. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it, it, it should be.
0: Uh, what role would religion play in their life?
1: Well, per this chart, if this person were born around noon, it would be huge, you know, because they have all these planets in the ninth house, which is where your religious beliefs and your, you know, dogmas and your philosophies lie. So um, that's kind of how you figure out you know what people's religions are mm-hmm. but since i don't know
0: um if this person uh saw injustice in the world uh, what would their reaction be
1: i think and i like to go with the good side okay north Note and sag uh that would not do well for them uh they would probably uh go forward to expose it at the very least and attack it uh you know at the most so you know they would just ride up to it and and <laughs> stab it with a spear i don't know uh
0: is this a persuasive person
1: could be could be persuasive they've got that mars conjunct jupiter and capricorn capricorns can they could probably talk you into anything if they're good at it um they can be very manipulative and that could be for good or bad you know what i mean but they also have all of this virgo and all of this communication plus they have neptune conjunct this communication right so it gives them a little creative edge in their ability to talk people into stuff.
0: Uh, Can uh, you give us any idea of what the parents might be like?
1: Well, the mother is represented by the moon, and so I would think that the mother was um, Vergonian, sort of. So the mother would be maybe... uh, Could even be a teacher, you know, or, um, I mean, at the, at the far end of it, a medical professional, but I don't think so much at this time, but, um, not, not as much of a gushing loving mother as they would be more of a very detailed, you know, mom, like all of your belongings are put away properly and the house is you know kept and all that kind of stuff and then you go to the dad which is the son and this person has son in libra so you would assume this i mean uh far end of that could be that the father was a lawyer um or in some kind of legal uh profession or um just kind of maybe uh, a more laid-back, kind of friendly person.
0: Uh, Well, uh, that pretty much uh, uh, gets all the uh, questions. Uh, Is there anything else about the uh, chart uh, that you haven't uh, talked about already?
1: Not that I can, you know, really go into without having a birth time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say looking at these, looking at this information.
0: Um, so looking at the squares uh-huh, and the squares trines. and
1: conjunctions and trines and um, oppositions and things like that. Just kind of getting an idea uh, of, you know, some of the things that might have affected this person. And, I mean, they're very overall you know uh, it, it's they they don't have any major uh red flags or anything like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're just kind of uh, still you know calculating and 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 represented by what what the planets are and and where you know they are what sign they're in if that makes any sense
0: Okay, uh, then I think we are ready for our summary of our findings. Uh, So the first thing you said was that um, this person would be cavalier in business. Easygoing, Mm -hmm. handsome, easy to get along with, precise with communications, a detailed work ethic. uh, Wants to make sure that things are as best as they can be. Uh, Could be a workaholic and enjoy that. Uh, dreamy but motivated, uh, issues or confusion with women. Uh, this is a cool person, uh, possibly a showy person. Lessons in warlike things, uh, determination, uh, Could ha- also lessons in determination. Uh, need to nurture a partner, and that could be, uh, that is any sort of one-on-one partner. So it could be romantic, could be business, could be friendship. Uh, is simultaneously lionish and nurturing, uh, could be a teacher or a preacher, uh, could have a psychic ability, a uh, brave, a leader, a precise, smart, an intellectual speaker, a capable speaker, uh, capable of speaking about their dogma, a possible businessman or teacher, a likable person, very cool, don't uh, You would not want to argue with this person. He would have every detail. He would be an excellent communicator. Religion would play a huge part in his life. Uh, he uh, would want to expose and attack injustice. Could be a persuasive person. Um, could be a manipulative person. Could talk you into anything. Uh, The mother uh, would not be so much uh, gushing, uh, but more analytical, and uh, the father could possibly be uh, more laid back and friendly. Uh, Is there anything that I left out?
1: I just want to clarify that some of the things like the dogma and the philosophies are based on this specific chart, not necessarily what they would be because we don't know what time they were born.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Would you like to know whose chart you've been reading? Yes, I
1: would like to know.
0: Uh, this is the astrological birth chart of Johnny Cochran.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay, that gave me chills. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Well, of course. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I don't even have his birth time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense to yeah, you?
0: Know? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: Oh
0: my goodness. Okay. Uh so uh for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh Johnny Cochran uh is probably best known for being uh, the lead defense attorney in the O J Simpson case. Uh he uh was uh, uh he was the one defending O J Simpson and uh got him acquitted uh of uh, the double murder trial back in 1995. Uh, So, uh, Johnny Lee Cochran, Jr. Uh, was born October 2nd, 1937, in Charity Hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, he was born to Johnny Cochran, Sr. and Hattie Cochran. Uh, his grandfather was a sharecropper uh, in Louisiana. His father became a life insurance salesman, uh, and his mother uh, sold Avon Cosmetics. Uh Johnny uh growing up uh he he looked fondly at his time in Louisiana. Uh his family would move to Los Angeles in nineteen forty nine. Uh and uh looking back at his twelve years in Louisiana, he uh did. Life was pretty easy for him. Life was pretty easy for the family. Uh, When he was growing up, uh, he didn't know, uh, he didn't really recognize the differences in in race. He didn't see a whole lot of white people in his life. He thought that all people were black, Baptists, and ate fried chicken. Uh, the uh, Cochrans, uh, after World War II, uh, moved to Los Angeles as part of the uh, great migration of uh, African Americans out of the South to major cities. Uh, they uh, moved to L.A. in 1949. Uh, Johnny Cochran Sr. was uh, the top uh, salesman uh, for the Mutual State Life Insurance Company, which was the largest uh, black-owned uh, company in all of California. Uh, Johnny Cochran attended uh, Los Angeles High School. Uh, he was attended uh, high school in the same graduating class as Dustin Hoffman. And uh, they used to call him Dusty. Uh... Growing up, uh, there was a debate in the family as to what Johnny's uh, future would be. His mother very much wanted Johnny Cochran to be a doctor. Uh, but uh, by, by before even the age of 11, Johnny Cochran knew that he wanted to be a lawyer. And so uh, his dad stepped in and said, well, Johnny, if you want to be a lawyer, just be the best lawyer you can be. Uh in high school, uh Johnny Cochran was uh very much influenced by uh the uh, uh Supreme Court case uh, Brown versus Board of Education. Uh this was argued uh on behalf of, of desegregating the schools, that uh the separate but equal doctrine uh was not equal, that African Americans were not getting the same education as whites. Uh, and uh, Thurgood Marshall was the uh, main lawyer who was uh, arguing the case on behalf of the Supreme Court. And growing up, Johnny Cochran didn't see a whole lot of uh, black lawyers. He didn't really see a whole lot of white lawyers where he was growing up. Didn't really know a whole bunch about the profession. But Seeing this case being argued and all the tactics being used by uh, Marshall and Houston in uh, convincing the Supreme Court of uh, the injustice of segregation uh, really made a, a lasting impact on the young Johnny Cochran. Uh Johnny Cochran graduated L.A. High School. He attended uh, UCLA and graduated in 1959. Uh, Then he got his J.D. from Loyola and graduated in 1962. And uh, the following year, he uh, was made uh, a a deputy city attorney uh, for Los Angeles. And it is during this time that uh, he is really starting to see uh, some of the injustices that African-Americans are facing in Los Angeles at the hands of the police department. Um, And he's on the prosecuting side. So he is not necessarily, he's not defending the African-Americans who have been abused by uh, the police, uh, but is instead on the other side and is on the side of the police officers, but he's seeing the incongruities in the reports and in the actions of these police officers and uh how the police chief is he the police chief in Los Angeles was actually going to the southern states to recruit um Uh, police officers in the deep south to come out to los angeles uh so these police officers aren't even in the community they're not even uh uh uh, uh, they don't know any of the people that they are actually inflicting this justice upon and uh, in the early 60s in los angeles there was a definite disparity of african-americans showing up being assaulted by police officers uh, eventually uh Johnny Cochran left uh, the uh prosecution and went instead to become his own lawyer and one of his uh, major uh, cases, his first case as a lawyer for himself was the Deadweiler case uh, so uh, this happened uh, the, the year after the Watts riots uh, if anyone is familiar with uh, uh, the mid-60s in Los Angeles uh, all these uh, problems with police brutality really came to a head in August of uh, 1968 uh, there were six days of riots uh, after um, the, the, just the culminating from all of this brutality that African-Americans had been facing at the hands of white police officers. And so the following year, um, a man named Leonard Deadweiler uh, and his wife, they had just recently moved to Los Angeles from Georgia, and the wife was eight and a half months pregnant. Uh, she started to have uh, con- contractions and labor pains. And so uh, Leonard, uh, decide that he needed to uh, get his wife to the hospital as quickly as possible. Uh, he tied a white handkerchief to the antenna of his car uh, and uh, tried to signal everyone that the, he was in distress, need to get to the hospital as quickly as possible, was speeding through the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, police officers uh, pulled him over, and uh, with guns drawn, uh, uh put the gun into the car, aimed it at Leonard. Uh the police officer said that the uh gun that the uh car started to lurch forward, and so the police officer shot and oh, uh, he uh killed uh Leonard deadweiler. Ugh. Uh Leonard fell into the uh lap of his wife and his last words were she's having a baby. Oh my uh Oh my Johnny Cochran, uh, defended, uh, or really uh, was made the lawyer for, uh, Leonard's wife as she went off uh, and tried to get a wrongful death case against the city of Los Angeles. And this was a case that was televised. Uh, all eight days of the inquiry were televised across Los Angeles. Uh, Johnny Cochran became uh, very well known to everyone. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, Uh, Case was found that uh, the police officer had done nothing wrong and uh, that there was no unjustified use of force in the case of uh, Leonard Deadweiler. Uh, the case was lost, but Johnny Cochran uh, became very well-known throughout Los Angeles. Uh, he uh, continued being a, a lawyer and a successful lawyer and going after police misconduct, especially, and uh, civil rights cases. In 1978, he decided that it was time for him to uh, try and fix the system from the inside. Uh, so he went back and became the uh, assistant district attorney for the county of Los Angeles. Uh In uh, the late 70s, there's uh, another incident uh, that is uh, very uh, integral to the life of Johnny Cochran. Uh, He was a very successful lawyer. Uh, So he uh, was driving in Los Angeles in a Brown Rolls Royce. Uh, uh, He had his initials uh, on his license plate. Uh, So JCJR, Johnny Cochran Jr., uh, that was his license plate. And his Brown uh, Rolls Royce driving through Los Angeles with his two children in the back, and uh, he is pulled over uh, by uh, Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, He's pulled over by three squad cars. Uh, They uh, tell him to get out of the car, put his hands on his head. Uh, When he gets out of the car, he sees the three three police cars there. He sees the officers with guns drawn barricaded behind their doors. Uh, He steps aside to get out of the street, and the police officer... Uh, slams him against the, uh, roof of his, uh, Rolls Royce and, uh, starts looking through, uh, Johnny Cochran's bag and finds that he is, uh, currently, uh, assaulting the, uh, district attorney, the assistant district attorney of, uh, Los Angeles. So essentially one of his bosses and, uh, the children were in the back uh, screaming and crying that that this was happening to their dad. And, uh, Johnny Cochran was not the, the, as soon as he found out, the police officer found out who he was dealing with. Uh, he tried to make excuses and, uh, he tried to step back, but Johnny Cochran was not going to let that happen and demanded that the sergeant come onto the scene to understand why this had happened. And, uh, they made excuse. Oh, well, we thought that the Rolls Royce was possibly stolen. Well, why would oh, you think yeah. that the rolls royce is being stolen because an african-american man is driving it on mm-hmm. uh, sunset yeah. boulevard in los angeles it has my initials are on the license plate uh, it was uh, uh very telling to him of what uh, the police department and their racial profiling and uh, the things that were going on in the late 70s in los angeles mm-hmm. um he would, again, get out of the prosecution and go back into private practice. And uh, in the early 80s, he was actually involved in a case uh, which uh, stopped um, chokeholds from being used in all of Los Angeles. Uh, so uh, from 1982 to the present day, a police officer cannot use a chokehold to um, uh, uh, detain a suspect. Um uh, continued, uh, making great strides, uh, uh, winning lots of, uh, civil rights cases, police, uh, brutality cases, uh, and he started to make a few celebrity clients along the way. Uh, so, uh, during his whole career, uh, he would, uh, defend, uh, people such as, uh, Puff Daddy or, uh, Sean, uh, Diddy Combs, uh, Tupac Shakur, uh, Tukey Williams, Jim Brown, Snoop Dogg, um, Michael Jackson uh, would be one of the cases that uh, he would defend uh, in the first child molestation case against Michael Jackson, which did not actually go to court, and Michael Jackson settled outside of court. Um, but Johnny Cochran was uh, Michael Jackson's lawyer. And uh, then uh, everything changed for Johnny Cochran um, starting in June of 1994. Uh, so, uh Nicole Brown Simpson and uh, Ronald Goldman uh, were murdered uh, on uh, June 12th, 1994 and uh, the lead suspect in the case was OJ Simpson. OJ was a very famously known uh, African-American football player and actor and um there was a, a very famous uh, police chase uh, when OJ and his friend um went uh, uh trying to escape uh police, and televised all over the nation. So if people didn't know who O.J. was before, they certainly knew uh, after June 17th of 1994. Um, Johnny Cochran was not initially a a defense attorney for Simpson. Uh, He uh, was a a media personality. He was called on by the news uh, broadcasts, such as the NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw to give his insights into the case. Um, And O.J. saw these interviews that that um, Cochran was giving and wanted uh, Johnny Cochrane to be on the defense team. Uh, at first, uh, Johnny Cochran was not the lead uh, defense attorney. Uh, Robert Shapiro was the lead defense attorney. Uh, but as the trial progressed um, during the Christmas holidays of uh, 1994, um, Robert Shapiro went on vacation, uh, he went to Maui, and uh, Johnny Cochran and the rest of his team were working all the way through the Christmas holidays uh, to make sure that they have the best defense for their client, and OJ saw this and also saw that Robert Shapiro had never defended a murder case and had never uh, gone to trial like this and knew that Johnny Cochran would be the best bet to be the lead defense attorney. Uh, now, I'm not going to go into all the nooks and crannies of the O.J. Simpson case, but for those of you who were not uh, alive or not uh, uh, cognizant of uh, of the world at that time, this was the trial of the century. Uh, this was on every major news station. The trial was broadcast on cable TV, round-the-clock coverage. Um, everyone knew what was going on. The media had uh, certainly made all of its uh, ideas is known as to their, their belief in the uh, guilt of OJ Simpson. Um, everybody had an opinion on the case, um, and everyone saw Johnny Cochran every day, uh, during this trial and saw that he was a, he was a very uh, fancy dresser. He had a uh, very nice suits and all sorts of colors. Also uh, his tie always matched his handkerchief. Um, and he had a tremendous command of the English language. Um, if, uh, and, and his, uh, performance, uh, as the defense attorney, uh, became well known, uh, throughout the media. If any of you are fans of Seinfeld like I am, uh, Jackie Childs, uh, was directly based off of Johnny Cochran and, uh, the sort of cadence and the style that Johnny Cochran had while he was, uh, in the O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, one of the, uh, uh, Greatest turns of phrase to come out of the trial from Johnny Cochran happened during the eight-hour closing arguments uh, for the defense uh, when uh, Johnny Cochran was making reference both to the uh, uh, bloody glove that uh, O.J. Simpson could not fit his hand into and the entire timeline of the prosecution where he said, "'If it don't fit, you must acquit.'" And that became one of the last things that the jury heard before they went into deliberations. Uh, They uh, went uh, into deliberations, had about uh, four hours of deliberating, came out the next day. And on ten oh seven, October 3rd, 1995, the world sort of stood still uh, in awaiting of what the verdict would be. Um, There are lots of kids who talk about televisions being rolled into their school classrooms so that they could see the verdict of this major trial. And uh, at 10.07, the jury came back uh, that uh, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty on all counts. Uh, This was a uh, great victory for O.J. and Johnny Cochran, uh, but very much divided the nation. Um, 75% of all uh, Caucasian people uh, following the case reported that they were upset, uh, that they believed that O.J. Simpson was guilty and that he got off uh, and uh, was set free having committed the murder of his ex-wife. While 70% of all African-Americans said that they believed that this was finally justice, that they saw a black person with a black lawyer finally getting uh, justice in, in the system. Um, Johnny Cochran would go on uh, uh, to uh, defend many celebrities and defend – he he liked to call his clients OJs and no Js, Uh that uh, <laughs> there were people all over the nation who um, – uh, we're still suffering from the hands of police and police brutality, and uh, all sorts of unspeakable things that have been done to them by police officers while they were in custody. And Johnny mm-hmm. Cochran would come to their defense, whether they had money or not, and uh, uh, and a lot of times win the case in their favor. Um, what what I'd like to just end with is that Johnny Cochran was much more than. Uh, the showy lawyer from The Trial of the Century. Um, Johnny Cochran was a man who was fiercely dedicated to civil rights. He was fiercely dedicated to... um Issues in our society that still plague us to this day: uh, civil rights, police brutality, racial profiling, excessive force. Um, these are things that that we have not shaken off; that are still very much a part of people's everyday lives. Um, and there are lots of people who who talk about being, you know, campaigners for social justice, um, but. I think the, the example of Johnny Cochran is that these issues are so much bigger than just a hashtag or a slogan that you can put onto a banner, that these require lots of discussion, that they require an intellectualization of these problems and to uh, really uh, get get the change that we want in the world. Um, and Johnny Cochran uh, lived his whole life uh, trying to get that change. And well, I would say that this chart is uh, pretty accurate, showing of uh, who Johnny Cochran was.
1: So you think this chart, as it stands, with us drawing it with a noon birth time,
0: I, I, Yeah, it. I mean it's possible we could go back mm-hmm. at a later date and change around the times and see things mm-hmm. that are um, maybe more so. But I think that a lot of the things are are very close.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, I am, I mean, normally I don't go with Libra and go straight to lawyer, but Libra, the symbol for Libra is the scales, mm-hmm. right? the scales of justice. So that's very interesting. And having that Jupiter conjunct Mars in Capricorn, uh, and then all this Mercury and Virgo. I mean, the thing, that I, and imagine what this man had to do so much more than other men might have had to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get where he went mm-hmm. and how far he went. And I remember very much watching all of the trials. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I mean, because somebody was a baby at the time and I did have to take <laughs> care of them. But uh, I don't know who that was, Chandler. Yeah. I think it was you. And, uh, you know, so very interesting, but definitely It's possible that he could have that Sagittarius rising. But that North note in Sag absolutely gives him that, I will ride right into it. I will go right to it. You know what I mean? And, uh, wow, very interesting. Another very nice choice, Chandler. Very, very lovely um, information that you've brought. That I believe most people don't know mm-hmm. about Johnny Cochran. And, and and what they do know, I believe, for the most part, is connected to the OJ trial. Right. But he never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. He never did. He really was doing his job and doing it well. You know what I
0: mean? And, and you know, the, very, very, one, very, one very of the complex. things you're talking about is like you don't want to get into an argument with him because he's going to know every detail. He's going to have every detail. And, you know, anyone else, uh, I I have a a passing knowledge of of the trial. And, uh, uh, of course, I I was not really cognizant. I was months (laughs) old. But in the years since, I have looked at it and, you know, early on, you know, most people would look at the jury and, and say, how could you come to this uh, mm-hmm. uh, how could you acquit him? All the things make so much sense. You know, it, it, of course, OJ did. Lots of people would say, of course, OJ killed his ex-wife. He had this history mm-hmm. of all this stuff. But mm-hmm. when you look at how Johnny Cochran go through uh, the timelines and, and and minutes and, 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 you know, talking about and getting all the experts to go in about DNA and all of that stuff is, He had every single detail, and that was the only way that he could have gotten to um, the verdict that that ended up happening.
1: Right, because people assume, well, you know, the reputation is this, and the motive is that, and all that, but that's not how court works. Right. Um, Right. Court works by, you have to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm -hmm. You have to prove it, you know. It doesn't matter what the opinion is. It doesn't matter what their reputation is. It doesn't matter what. Anything other than just the facts of the case. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very precise. And it shows all that. No matter what house this is in, it's all right there. And it's trining all this Capricorn, you know. And so very, very, very interesting. Interesting man.
0: Uh, is there anything else that uh, makes more sense now that you know who it is?
1: Well, it all makes more sense now that I know who it is, you know, because of the, uh, you know, I was looking at the uh, Chiron, you know, in Cancer uh, coming from, you know, a place of uh wounded healer, you know, that's very, because it's exactly, you know, opposed his Mars. Mm hmm right yeah he was motivated to
0: heal Mm -hmm.
1: you know what i mean very interesting very interesting
0: uh well uh on our scale of right on the money to way out in outer space uh i think this is pretty much right on the money this is pretty (laughs) much who, who johnny cochran was um well, uh this uh, concludes this episode of history and Retrograde. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening and uh, if you would uh, like to reach out, uh, we are available on socials uh, at gmail history and retrograde at gmail dot com uh, Facebook, uh, at History and Retrograde, uh, and Instagram, uh, at Retrograde Podcast. And uh, included in the show description is a, a link to all of those. Uh, please uh, reach out and uh, give us any uh, suggestions you have about the show, uh, uh, any uh, future ideas that you have for the show. We'd love to hear them. Uh, Also included in the description is a link to our uh, PayPal account. And uh, if uh, you are feeling generous, if you really like what you hear, uh, any amount uh, would really help us in uh, getting better equipment and growing the show. And uh, as always, in conclusion, as long as the uh, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine.
1: Yes, thank you all so much for listening. And to those of you who are sending little $5 and $10 um, contributions to the show, we greatly appreciate it. It absolutely helps. Everything helps. And we look forward to having another show for you next week.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.